Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of Frame Skip, your weekly video game podcast where us people get together and talk about video games and whatever else that's happening in the nerdy world of Earth. I'm your host for the day, Austin Eller. I'm joined by George Cam Newton Loftus. How's it going, George? Pretty good. I thought we were going to get Matthew Stafford, but nope, he's going to the Rams. Have fun with that in the NFC. Yeah, I, w- I was surprised. I thought we were going to get him too. Um, but, you know, he's mildly disappointing, so I'm, I'm somewhat glad we did not get him. Yeah, I think he's awesome. He puts up monster numbers every year. And granted, it's always like fourth quarter garbage time numbers, but like the dude, the dude's not a bad quarterback. I do think yeah. he's a strict upgrade from, from Jared Goff. Um, yeah, but it's just when are the Rams ever going to have a first round pick like they haven't had one since they picked Jared Goff 2028 probably. Yeah, realistically, right? <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm also joined by the coach Kyle Newman. How's it going, coach? What's up, bro? It's going OK. OK, Newman. <laughs> How's your week been? Uh, good. Usually like the first two or three days of the week, I'm like writing a book almost like Mm -hmm. a math book because we have uh we have to not only teach our lesson online and now it's both so i'm starting to get students in class but we also have to provide a packet right right and so i don't want to be that teacher that just you know pulls from the online you know the 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 lessons online and just give it to them because those are like horrible So I just spent a lot of time um, writing my examples like in book format, but I use PowerPoint, right? Because I could get around it, copy pages real easy. So that's like the first three days of my week are like, I'm just pounding away trying to write the best and easiest, the the most user-friendly, I guess, lesson for people that don't have technology. So when you... For the kids that you teach online and you're teaching in person, are you doing that like simultaneously or do you have like a separate lesson? No, I do it simultaneously because I have a smart board. I have a smart board. And so my main computer is hooked up to that, which I log into Teams, but my laptop is the one that I have the lesson and I have a stylus. So I have a pretty good setup of how it goes. So So you're essentially like streaming your lesson to your your class, right? Pretty much, yes. Okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. Should put that on uh, Twitch, huh? Yeah, you <laughs> should stream that on Twitch. You would get a lot of views, honestly. I Khan mean, Academy number I, two. I know. Right? <laughs> I mean, kind of though, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if if I had like a, a six year old or a seven year old, I don't know how old the kids are teaching are. Um, fourteen and fifteen. Okay, fourteen, fifteen. All right, yeah. Screw it. Yeah, if I had like a, a teenager, yeah, I'd, I'd throw that on in the background. I'd be like, no, like just like what else do you have to do? Right. <laughs> you know, learn something. Well, there was a, a short period of time, and I only did this a few times, but I was streaming like myself learning Japanese on my Twitch channel. And this was like when I wasn't really doing anything with my Twitch. And like, like the two to three times that I streamed it, I had like 20 people watching me like out of nowhere. So I guess I don't know if it's like people just want to like learn stuff. But truthfully, like, you really could stream it on Twitch and you'd probably get some views, but yeah, I don't think the district allows. No, that. I yeah, know. 
that's probably I know. good. Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool though. Yeah. It's so. tiring, but you know what? At the end of the day, like I feel good because whether it's good product or not, I know I'm doing it the right way. I'm not taking the easy way out, you know? Right. So coach, have you had time to play anything this last week or well, watch you know anything? What, not or do- really, not a lot of time, but what I did have is I knew I was about three hours from beating uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, the 2019. So right. I played last night and I'm just at the last section. So I probably have like 45 minutes, an hour, just it's the last uh, part. So hopefully tonight I'll be able to finish that up. Where you're nice. like storming the base. Say again? Is it the level where you're like storming the base? Like it starts off with you getting dropped off? And just well, like running, right running now, I stuff? think, no, I'm, I'm in Russia right now. I just got okay. dropped off in Russia. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I thought that game was awesome, man. Like I, I thought, I really liked that it didn't overstay its welcome. And it, at the time, it was like one of the prettiest games I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and you nailed it on the head. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And it reminds me in the sense of, you remember playing Ratchet and Clank on the PS4? How mm-hmm. every level was like a little bit different. You didn't do the same thing. Yeah. Right? That's what this Call of Duty is. It's not, I mean, yeah, you're going in guns and blazing, but you're always doing something different. You're you're playing as this, one of the main girls, you play her as like a young adult when she was, you know, um, when when her world was just chaotic, right? So, oh god, yeah. Wait, when like they start shelling her city or whatever with like gas and whatever, and she has to like yeah. sneak around the house to avoid the spetsnats. Yeah, it's a year god. old game. I don't feel that bad for spoiling it. Also, you should give the you should guys should play the campaign. It's pretty baller. Yeah. But it's also like the levels themselves are like incredibly short. Like there's that one level where you're like doing like a, a house search in London. Mm-hmm. And like that level itself is like six minutes but it's like a very very well constructed deliberate six minutes where it's incredibly tense incredibly i don't want to say difficult but like just incredibly directed and it's just such a cool choreographed moment that i really enjoyed in 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 the in the game uh it felt like a big departure from other call of duty games but i really enjoyed it i think the last call of duty campaign i played was think it was black ops 3 i can't was did infinite warfare come out before or after black ops 3 i can't remember the one with kevin spacey that was or no that was advanced warfare advanced warfare which came out before i think it went advanced warfare black ops 3 then infinite Warfare. so i think the last one i played was black ops 3 which i really enjoyed um but advanced warfare honestly was pretty good kevin spacey aside um but (laughs) advanced warfare was awesome because it was I was really into destiny at the time, but advanced warfare was just faster, but like it had like the extra mobility options that I really enjoyed from destiny. And then infinite warfare was dope. I need to play that that game. That game is so good. That game is is the one that came with, uh, the remaster of the first modern warfare. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But so that's a good game. Infinite warfare. I think it's a lot of fun because like there's, there's levels in it that are like straight up rogue squadron where like Hmm. you're in these ships. I think they're called jackknives, but like, you're just like dropped into like an enemy territory. You're like, we got to take back this resource satellite. And then you have to like actually fly around in your vehicle and it's just ship to ship combat. It's awesome. It's super fun. Hmm. You know, and when I was playing it before we move on, you know, I was thinking about one day, like, when are we going to get another Sam Fisher? 
Black. Oh, Splinter Cell. Was, yeah. Splinter Cell. Yeah, it's like Blacklist. That was the last. Yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> Splinter Cell. When are we going to get another game from them? I don't know, man. It's really like Ubisoft is putting him into everything except a Splinter Cell game. <laughs> it's really frustrating from the outside. And Blacklist was a good game, so I don't know why they they halted it real quick. You know, like, that was fun. Well, it's weird too because there's not really like a game of that style anymore. Because you know, Splinter Cell always had kind of Metal Gear to compete with, and both of those series are just gone. So. I hope that we get something like that at some point. And I know on on PS I Love You, especially they talk about Siphon Filter a lot. I honestly I think that would be it now is like the perfect time to bring that series back because there's just a void. Like there's one, there aren't really many stealth games right now, but two, there's not really at any of the kind of secret agent like night yeah. vision, you know, type stealth games right well, now. And it's IO's, kind of surprising. IO is making a uh, a James Bond game, so they're but like again, like is James Bond like a super sneaky, stealthy spy? Like not really. No, he kind of right. just goes in, gets drunk, and has sex with whatever mm-hmm. you know arms dealer's wife is around. You know, that's <laughs> it's more his speed. Um, but no, right. dude, I'd kill for that. Like you just um, nailed, you just nailed uh, James Bond, like <laughs> you know, like a five second nutshell. <laughs> I mean, he's European. He's gonna do what he wants to do. You know, what, what, what can you say? Um, I, I work at a restaurant and like I've got a, a little bit of downtime. And uh, one thing I've been doing is just like playing through uh, my PSP Go, just like check out which games like still hold up. And like those PSP Go and like PSP Siphon Filter games are still super fun. Like the franchise yeah. continued after the PlayStation 1 era. And like I thought like Dark Mirror was really good. Um, that was like one of the PSP ones. Right. Uh, and I think like Logan Shadow was the other one. But like those games kept going until like 10 years ago and then they stopped. And I'm like, but bring it back. Like, please, right. God, bring it back. Those were fun. Yeah. So, I, I mean, hopefully, like I said, either with that potentially or Splinter Cell, like I hope we get something like that soon. But George, speaking of stuff you've been playing, what have you been playing this last week? Not a lot of new stuff. I finally got the Platinum in Episode 1 Racer. That felt really good to get off nice. my chest. That game is maybe the best Star Wars game I've ever played. And like it it, just because like in other Star Wars games, you're saving the universe. But in this one, you're enjoying the universe. Yeah. And like just like being in like a stress free. I don't have to save the world right now. Mode for Star Wars is like really relaxing. Right. And Also, I just love arcade racers. Like I want like new F-Zero, new Wipeout. Like give me all that stuff. I bought Extreme G3 for GameCube on eBay the other day. I can't wait for that to come in. Just because how bad's the platinum for that game? Sorry for interrupting. Oh, if you pay attention and just do one very specific thing, you could probably get it in five hours. Okay. Um, it depends how a how good you are. B like if you just if you only buy four upgrades, like the four most important upgrades, and you buy four pitroids, right? Then you could save enough money to buy all the upgrades, and like that was like the hardest trophy for me was that just because I didn't realize that that was the system, and so every time you die, like your parts gets reset basically just like a little bit and so one trophy is you have to buy all the best parts and if you're always repairing the parts then you don't have enough money to buy new parts and so like that was what caught me up right um but yeah platinum spyro 2 and then i platinum spyro 3 actually like just uh just like two hours ago and that felt great um those games are super fun those games are really special i never played them um growing up and i'm kind of glad i didn't just because the art style in the remasters, I think, is how I would 
want to remember it but like now i don't have to like i'm not battling nostalgia for that like i'm just playing with what i what i was exposed to which was spyro one two and three the reignited trilogy and those games are great um probably not as good as like a nintendo platformer but really good for like a third party platformer do you have a favorite probably spyro three just because it's so weird and you get to play as a whole bunch of different characters yeah uh there's like weird hidden like skateboarding levels which um I'm really lucky that I didn't have to 100% the game to get the platinum because I'm stuck on like a skateboard race against <laughs> some some dinosaurs, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's like one of the most infuriating like I, I want to snap my controller into like that. I <laughs> Seven times in a row, I was in first place until the very last second. And then three people passed me with like eight feet to go. And I'm just like, OK, I'm done. Like, I, I, I just don't know how to do this. <laughs> but that is that is all I've been playing this past week one of these days i'm going to get back to those to those games coach and i were gonna last summer we were gonna play through uh crash one two and three and ctr and spyro and we just never got around to it i I guess because time but i picked up spyro and ctr and i haven't really played either of them yet so at some point i need to i need to play those remasters i love i want to grab spyro when it's on sale and you actually are the reason I did this because the first podcast I ever came on was over like last summer and you were talking about crash Bandicoot yeah. and playing with coach. And that was what made me want to check out this group of, uh, of platformers like crash is probably up next, but I've also got some surprises coach. You might want to be on next week's episode if you can, cause I'm going to have some thoughts for you on a certain game. Okay. And, uh, I, I think I'm finally <laughs> going to start playing PlayStation five games on my PlayStation five. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you do pick up CTR, though, we'll have to play. I know Coach and I have it, and I, I don't think we ever played together, but that would there be were, fun for us to all play together. So there were five worlds or four? On the oh, first in, in Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. I, uh, I think in the first game, I think it was three or four. Okay, so I'm at the last stage right before the last world. So I'm over yeah. halfway through. It's just that... Um, I don't know. It, it it's getting it's infuriating. Hard. Yes, oh. but I haven't got to that one level that you guys say is just impossible to beat. Spyro yeah. is so much better than Crash. <laughs> like, like absolutely, it's, it's just a better made game. Uh, I don't know why people argue against that. I mean, I love Crash. I think it's a. I I love it. I, I love all three games, but I mean, I'm just biased because I played more of Spyro when I was a kid. That's the reality. But I love Spyro more. So yeah. <laughs> it's such a good franchise. So uh, how about you, Austin? What have you been playing? Well, George, it's funny you asked. Speaking of PlayStation 5, I, I did get my PS5 last week. I think I mentioned on the last episode that I had ordered it successfully, which I, I don't know. Maybe I should have invested in GameStop stock or something before I <laughs> before the world ended. Maybe I would have been lucky with that one. You never know. Um. But no, seriously, it was it was super lucky that I was actually able to buy one. Um, but I did get it and um, I haven't had like a ton of time to play it so far, but I did play all the way through Astro's Playroom, I believe is yeah. what it's called. I always get confused because there's like multiple Astro games. Yeah, there's that and like Astro Bot Rescue Mission VR. Like it, yeah. Poorly titled game. Yeah. Um, what'd you think? <laughs> so, what'd you think? that? I, I love that one. It was fantastic. I, I platinumed it. I did everything you could in that game. And the thing is, like, everyone thinks about Nintendo 
as having this kind of storied history of all these kind of nostalgic, you know, games or systems or whatever it is that you can look back on. And even though Sony or PlayStation in particular, rather, hasn't been around for as long as Nintendo has, um, you know, you can play through this game and see that in Sony's or PlayStation's, I guess, 26, 25 year history. Um, I mean, there's still plenty there to reminisce on. Like you get, you go through and you collect like the multi-tap and uh, you have like a 3D model of a multi-tap that you can just look at. It's beautiful. Or, yeah. or I mean, I don't know, the, the, bu- the buzz toy for the PS2, the, for, for uh, the buzz trivia game. It's like stuff like that that you just don't really think of. Well, that and or, like, I think Elijah said he had one, but like the PSP, like GPS yeah. dongle that you could like put on top. Right, the the camera and the GPS for the PSP. It's like all these things that are, you know, I didn't. The only one I had of those, I guess, was the multi tap and the buzz uh, controller. But it's just these things that I haven't thought about in fifteen, twenty years. And um, the game itself is like wonderfully made, but just kind of seeing it as a way to like look at all these past experiences and memories I've had with PlayStation systems and kind of a fun and entertainment based like format um i mean it's brilliant i i don't know what they can do with that moving forward i want more astrobot for sure like i want a full astrobot game mm-hmm. um and i know it's not going to be the same i know there's only you know they can only do so much as far as like playstation nostalgia goes in, in a game like that but you know even walking up obviously for those that listen to the show you probably know that monster hunter or ape escape like those are some of my favorite franchises and like even going up there's like a spot in the game where um there's a robot like in in a bush and he's got like a little um fire uh like light i i, I don't know what the word is like the flashing light that's like on a fire um engine he's got it on his head which is a reference to ape escape because the monkeys have that on their head and like there's a character standing in front of them that's got like a net and it's like I mean I've never seen a reference to Ape Escape in any other like PlayStation <laughs> game before like this is brilliant so well, that, you know you have it's just did, crazy I love it all the hardware in in Astrobot right uh, playroom so like screw it man like let's let's talk about some games like let, let's have like Astrobot go to like Twisted Metal World let's have him go to the yeah. Ape Escape World and just like do an Astrobot take on the aesthetics from that game like I, I think that could be a sequel that and i would buy that day one because that game is just fantastic um it's so good and it's like i said it's so good at like making you relive that nostalgia in a way that i i wasn't really expecting when i played it like i knew there would be stuff from games and just kind of hidden here or there but like i wasn't expecting and i know this is a newer game but i wasn't expecting to see like a gravity rush reference in this game like a game that not many people really talk about um that was kind of a niche audience type game and there is i mean there's a there's a gravity rush reference in the game which i loved um but it's just it's non-stop references it honestly i would say it's like the ready player one of playstation games like it's just it's throwing all that stuff at you and it's it's just constant and i i loved it so yeah um, I i think that's that's fair to say uh but like a not controversial. <laughs> yes, correct. Right. Yeah. It's just wonderfully made 3d models completely and benign references. Yeah. Yes. So I love that. Um, I have been playing a few other things though. I played some of demon souls, which, um, holy crap, that game is beautiful. Like 
I'm glad I bought it because at first I was a little iffy on buying it just because I have so much stuff to play. But I, I wanted something that I could kind of jump into that wasn't super story based, um, that I could jump into kind of randomly. And it's, uh, it's really fulfilling that, that hole right now, but it's hard. I, the only Souls game I've played is Bloodborne. So it's a little, it's still, you know, some getting used to for me, but it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the environments are unlike anything I've ever seen in a game. So. And it, what's crazy about it is it, it's a remake. Like it's not even a full, you know, PS5 exclusive kind of title. It's it's a remake of a game from 2008 or whenever it was. So um, it's crazy that like that's the game that, re- that really shows the PS5 hardware. But um, so I played some of that. I played a little bit of Tsushima on my PS5 and the loading times are like just insane. Like they were already so short, but now it's like one second. <laughs> I was like, how, wait, I was like, how is it better? Uh, like, how could it possibly be better? But it is. So yeah, it is, and the uh, the sixty frames per second mode is great. It's super fluid and it looks gorgeous. So, but those are the main things I've been playing. I did pick up Miles Morales. I did. I played a little bit of Bug Snacks, um, and I, I don't want to comment on it too much because I've only played about an hour, but I like it so far. It's it's pretty good. But so far, I mean, I love the PS5. It's it's a massive system. It's humongous. But uh, the controller's great. I love the controller. It's such an upgrade from the DualShock 4. I like the DualShock 4, but I, I definitely prefer kind of the Xbox style of yes. controller. This one's a little meatier. Yeah. yeah. It, it really fills that hole again, like I said before. I made that metaphor already, but um, it just it works super well and I'm super happy with it. So I'm excited to dig into more stuff um, as it releases. I mean, I, like I said earlier, off air, I think the next big game I'm looking forward to on PS5 is um, Resident Evil 8. And I did play that demo. Again, gorgeous. Gorgeous on PS5. So <laughs> cannot wait. But Are you yeah. playing on a 4K TV? I am. Oh, okay. I am, so... I need to go through and play seven. That's the only one I haven't really played. Besides six, I didn't even. Six. The thing is, I haven't even played six fully. I think I beat Leon's campaign in it because it's split in. Or two, though, realistically. Yeah, it's not a bad game. It's just it's it's not the same. It's really not Resident Evil, so it's kind of hard to recommend that game unless you like really just love the franchise. I think that was like a. I remember I bought that game and I played probably like a half hour of Leon's campaign. And the reason I felt comfortable doing that, because that was like one of the first big games I can remember being on like a huge discount sale. Mm-hmm. Like the very first game I remember was Burnout Paradise, where like that game was like yeah. $8.99 with all the DLC. And that was right. like the first time I was like, oh, my God, digital games are great. And then uh, like my senior year of college, Resident Evil 6 came out and it was like $13. And at that point, yeah. I was like, I don't like horror games. I've never played Resident <laughs> Evil, but like $13 is it's not going to be wasted on this game. Um, right it was a little wasted on that game just because like i said i played a play <laughs> well, half hour or half of leon's campaign but um right. yeah that game is always sticks out to me it's just like dude that that was a killer deal <laughs> <laughs> so i am i did pick up seven for mm-hmm. the xbox so i do want to play that before eight comes out mm-hmm. um so i don't know we'll see you should i mean it's a really good game it's it's different it's uh i think the first person style is is pretty unique but 
and it doesn't quite feel like Resident Evil to me. I think that's as much as I love Seven. That's part of what throws it off a little for me. Is like I definitely prefer that style of the two and three remake. Like that, that just feels like Resident Evil to me. And Seven doesn't quite fit that, but it's still really good. It's it's very scary. I mean, it's it's a hard game. It's um, more survival horror. You really have to think about your ammo and stuff like that. And um, I just I loved Seven. I like I said, I just think the bigger issue for me is like it didn't really have like Leon or Claire, like those characters that everybody loves and. Um, it seems like we're going to get more of Chris in, in eight. So I'm looking forward to that. But anyways, did you, also, guess, sorry, hold on. Did oh, you also fall in love with the nine foot six woman lady, uh, lady Demestricu or, or whatever her name is? I don't even know what her name is to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know how to say it or how to spell it. Cause it's a lot of weird letters. It's, um, it's French. I think, I think it's like fake French, so. but, but yeah. Um, no, not really. I, I think the whole internet has been like taken aback by her, but I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, she's just like a grave woman. Yeah, that's so. why. That's actually why Elijah's <laughs> not here. It's because he's working on his uh, proposal and wedding vows for yeah. for Lady Lady D. <laughs> and uh, gonna be honest, I don't know that I I would be interested in a nine foot six inch tall woman. So yeah, that's where <laughs> that's where you lose me. I get it. Depends <laughs> <laughs> how sexy she is, right? Uh, she's 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 got. She's got some some moves, I think. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, before we move on, <laughs> before we move on, this is totally off topic, but it is in our realm of, of geekdom. Okay. Guess what turns eight years to or this this year? What has an eight year birthday? Um, me. No, that's not a person. So 2000, <laughs> 2013. Um, Internet. Uh, Internet slash YouTube sensation. Oh, Lord. Uh, the Retro and Modern Network. No. The Harlem the te- Shake. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Remember how fun those were to watch? Like, yeah. we weren't in a bad time. Like, you know, like we are now. But yeah. that was just fun to watch because everybody, like people in sports or it didn't matter, you know, like even business people were doing it, you know. It was uh, it was fun to watch those. So yeah, turns eight this year. Well, also, I'm disappointed you didn't say the Retro Modern Network because it was also 2013 and that <laughs> changed the world. Now we're just watching Busset challenges, which is uh, which is fun, but in a different way. What's the verdict on TikTok here? I watch um, it for a huge. It, it's funny. There's some really funny things, but then you get people that sit there and and talk about their feelings and how their <laughs> significant other cheated on them. You just pass. <laughs> really, there is some. Get out of here, you really bummer! Yeah. <laughs> there's some really like very creative, funny TikToks. I don't have an account. I have the app, so I could just watch it. Right. Yeah, I if if it makes its way to Twitter, that's when I'm like, okay, like I, I will watch it here. I don't really actively seek out TikToks. I'm not bashing on it, but also I don't want that app yeah. on my phone. I had an account, I, or yeah, I had an account and I had the the app installed on my phone, and then um, it just there came a point where I was like, yeah, maybe I should just uninstall this. <laughs> well, <laughs> like if it bubbles up to Twitter, then I'm like, all right, this has got to be good. It made it. No, I, I agree here. 
So one thing, though, that I will say is that during all of the riots and all the protests, you got to see firsthand what really happened. Like you didn't have to worry about watching something on Fox News or CNN, and they're going to kind of change it and mold it their way for their viewpoint. It was straight up. This is what's happening. I do think it's interesting to have kind of a such an easy kind of quick fire social media, you know, video based platform for that sort of thing. I mean, it's become a problem a little bit for like my industry because people will post things on Twitter and they will be like fake images or like images that don't match up. Like recently, actually, in I think it was November last year, there was like a big snowfall in North Georgia, which is where I report at. And somebody emailed it us in an image and it was like, yeah, let's check out the snowfall. And I ran it through reverse image search and it was like a two year old photo. So it's like stuff like that can be a little tricky, but I still think the advantages of, like you said, kind of quick fire, um, super instantaneous, like here's what's happening um, can be super useful as long as it's used correctly. So, yeah. And now that it's not, um, you know, the election's over. It's not as political. Right. Thank God. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Cause I think that's part of why I installed it, uninstalled it originally was because I was on there and there would be like people of various parties oh, like God. saying whatever. And I was like, I just, I really yeah. can't. I do well, not the care. The worst ones were the pro Trump stuff, right? I mean, like those knuckleheads out there. I've been, I've been <laughs> and stuff, but I mean, like, but you just see just how that whole those three or four months you just see how mean ugly people can be you know oh yeah so yeah speaking of not ugly seth electric <laughs> electronic arts showed off mass effect legendary edition today which i know we've talked about this like literally every other week on this podcast for the last three months but i mean i gotta bring it back up again um, I thought, I think this is like a super big news story this week. So I, I wanted to, to focus on it a little bit, but they announced first off, I know we did, I think it was maybe a month ago. There was that leak that it was going to come out in March, which apparently was not true because it's coming out May 14th. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, to me, this, I originally was like, oh yeah, May works a little better than March. But then George and I were looking at the release schedule before the show and this comes out a week after Resident Evil 8 and the week before Deathloop, which looks really good from Bethesda. So May's going to be pretty packed. Um, so we'll see if I pick it up. But I, I just wanted to run through some of the details on this and we can talk about it. This is from Eurogamer. This article is from Tom Phillips. Um, he said, first off, I thought this was interesting that he included this in this article. He said, work on this started in 2019. So this like... This is like pretty recent. This is not, yeah. which is crazy to think about because people were like, there were so many rumors about this flying around like in 2015, 2016, and they weren't even doing anything with it. So, <laughs> you know, this that was like years prior to them actually even starting on it. But obviously for uh, PS4 and Xbox One, um, it will be backwards compatible on on the new systems and have some enhancements, I think. But um it'll it'll mostly play through backwards compatibility there won't be like ps5 or series x versions um oh, really? as for yeah so all the discs will be either 
Xbox One or PS4 okay. version. Um, has 4K support, HDR support, uh, 60 frames on PC and consoles, but only from PS4 Pro and Series or Xbox One X onwards. So if you're playing on a PS4 um, original or X1, I'm assuming that it's just going to be maybe 30 frames or like a unlocked 60 frames where it's it's trying to hit 60 frames, but can't do it, you know, at all times. Um, they did say it's going to include all single player DLCs, which I want to say they said is like 40. Yeah. Which I did not realize are that many DLCs for these games, but I think that's including like skins and guns and stuff like that. Multiplayer stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of multiplayer, there is no multiplayer. That's so that sucks so much. Yeah, I was disappointed with that one. So Mass Effect 3 originally had that kind of horde mode multiplayer, which has been cut from the Legendary Edition. They did say they're going to adjust the game to account for that, because if you remember in Mass Effect 3, there was essentially a system where if you played the multiplayer, it affected your single player um, game. I forget exactly how that worked. So it was for galactic readiness. Um, And I think it worked as like a multiplier almost like um, you could basically do like what it wanted you to do was like five or six missions. And then that would like up your galactic readiness for like the final battle in Mass Effect 3. But the problem that was super annoying, but it was also smart game design, was that uh, it would go down if you didn't keep playing. So it basically just wanted you to like play right. six and then like play like one or two a day after that to keep going. And then hopefully you'd buy right. some some weapons or, or skins or whatever. Um, what's frustrating, though, it just trophy wise. And I know you guys don't really care about trophies, but I'm just going to inject it right here. I care about trophies. <laughs> yeah, how many platinums do you have? Awesome. 34 do you oh do you do you really oh that's significantly yeah. more than i thought oh okay yeah. I, I take it all back i'm sorry i was I 33 was or 34 i think i was a, for absolutely no reason and i'm very sorry <laughs> um you don't care about trophies Austin. <laughs> uh what, what's annoying trophy wise is that completing all of them on like their insanity difficulty with friends was like a way to get one of the trophies and without mm. that you have to beat like these the horde mission style levels in mass effect 3 on yeah. insanity by yourself so like that's a little frustrating it's just like oh man this trophy was way i don't want to say easier because it was still hard but like it was at least more enjoyable because you were playing it with friends as opposed to just doing like the wave horde mode by yourself on like a derelict space station or whatever right I played a lot of the the horde mode, the uh, the multiplayer one at least. It was really fun. Um, I think actually Seth and I played quite a bit of it, if I remember right. But so yeah, they uh, again no multiplayer on this. They said no version yet for Switch, but they kind of alluded to there potentially being a version for Switch at some point, which is interesting. Um, sadly, this was a little frustrating to me. Apparently, Mass Effect 3 only has the extended cut ending and not the original. So there is no way to access the original ending in Mass Effect 3 on this this trilogy, which is a little disappointing. Isn't that the most controversial? Is that the one that was very controversial? It was, but I think all of us that have played Mass Effect here, for as far as me, George, and Seth, I think we are all in agreement that like we were all happy with the original ending. Like I, I didn't even play the extended ending. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. I'm not going to say anything that happens story wise. Yeah. But like, basically, the game comes down to a final decision, where you right. have to choose one of three options. 
And I think people thought like, oh, that's the ending to the game. It's just like every other like it just I guess they thought it didn't feel super significant just because that's what you've been doing the entire game is just like making one of three choices, either neutral Paragon or, or Renegade. And like Austin, I think we talked about it last week or two weeks ago where it's just like, no, dude, like that's not the ending of the game. The entire game is the ending of the trilogy. Like right. you just played a 34 hour ending. Right. It didn't boil down to this final choice. It was every other choice you've ever made. Like, and so I think we we're a little bit more forgiving. Um, that is a bummer, but also I've never played the extended cut. So I'm excited to actually see that. Yeah, I am excited to give it a shot. I just wish that it was like st- still an option an in option, some way, but. Sure. Um, so that's the, the overall stuff. The, the big thing here that I think is the most important of all the news they talked about is that first off Mass Effect two and three are getting some touch-ups, like they're getting some graphical improvements. And, um, I think they're getting a few like enhancements as far as controls and things like that go, but Mass Effect one is getting a lot of improvements. So, um, this is just like a super short list. And there's a lot more than this, but I couldn't go over all of it in a short time span. But they're going to be improving the Mako vehicle, the driving experience, which I mean, that was like one of the major complaints about that game is how bad the the driving is. Wasn't that bad, but all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it sucks, George. So <laughs> it's it's awful. I hate it. Terrible. Um, trying to hit anything while you're driving that stupid vehicle. Ugh. It sounds like God. you're really bad at the game. And, and that's your bigger problem. Well, they're fixing it for people like me either way. So <laughs> um, apparently they're changing some combat. Uh, that I didn't really go into depth on that, but they're going to be changing it. I'm assuming to make it a little more akin to two and three. I think they one, said they were working on the cover system. Yeah, because the cover system is pretty rough in one. It's oh, a little it's barely there. Little, it's barely yeah, there at all. Right. Um, and then the this was pretty big to me. They're going to be changing the Citadel lifts which they're like elevators in the Citadel. And in the original game, it would take like a minute and a half. Like once you walked into this elevator, it would like take you down to the next floor. And it just, it was essentially a loading screen and it just took forever. So in this game, they're changing it. Apparently it's only going to be like 14 seconds long, which is pretty good. It's still pretty long for a, for a 13 year old game, 14 year old game. Well, the interesting thing in there is I don't know. I'm assuming that's on PS4 and Xbox One. So I would assume on PS5 and Series X, it's going to be even shorter. Um, they're doing remastered character models. Uh, they're giving you the option to play as the default Femship from Mass Effect 3 all the way through the series, which is big. Um, and then lastly, they said they're doing tens of thousands of updated textures, shadows, shaders visual effects lighting changes all that stuff for mass effect one so if you go and look at the trailer and look at footage it looks drastically different like it looks like a major upgrade to me um i don't know if you guys have seen it but it 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 really looks like they're taking i mean it doesn't look like a 2021 game per se but it looks like they're taking a game from 2007 or whenever that was and making it a game from maybe 2014 2015 like it looks pretty good yeah, and like so. I still play my PS3 pretty regularly. Like, just because a game came out in 2013 doesn't mean it's bad. So, right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of really enjoyable games from 2013, um, and I think it was 2012. But Mass Effect 3 happens to be one of them. So, shut up, you babies! <laughs> game rules. The game is so good. It's the best one. It is the best one. Absolutely. 
Kind of like Coach, how are you gonna... Dark Knight Rises is the best Ooh. Batman movie. Exactly. You going to play these games, Coach? Yes, I am. And I'm really Please. excited. I, I'm very excited. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because the first, all the way up until the first week of May, if you're a teacher that your kids have to test in a subject that's tested by the state, mm-hmm. you're, you're super stressed. I mean, you're working hard in, in overdrive, right? So this comes out right after all of that. And then I'm going to have my entire summer just to really get, get deep into this series. I've never played it before. I love uh, sci-fi. So um, I've always been tempted to try it. But just the thought of like 5,000 hours worth of story gameplay, I just never had the time. But I'm it's actually... Try- it's actually way short. Like everyone, I think that's a big misconception about this game is that like they're not super long. No, they're like under thirty hour RPGs. Like, uh, yeah. and some of them are significant. Like, I think the first Mass Effect, if you do everything, is probably about like twenty eight hours. And then the second one, if you do everything, it's like twenty two hours. And then the third one, just because of multiplayer, like I don't really know how to gauge how long that was. Um, yeah. But it didn't feel, and I, I never played all the DLC for for three, so I'm actually I'm excited to visit that too. So I don't know how much yeah. that like buffs out the uh, the longe- longevity of the game, but they're not like it's not like Final Fantasy X, you know, like it's it's not like you're not going to be spending hundreds of hours with these. You might spend 100 hours with all three of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they're they're each probably I would say about 30 hours. I think I want to say. I want to say I beat each of them within 30 to 35 hours. So, um, and that was with doing like quite a bit of stuff. So they're, they're really not too long, but they're, it's a, it's just a phenomenal series. And again, I, I know we've talked about this, even this specific legendary edition, like multiple times in the last two months on this show, but, um, I just can't wait. I mean, I, I would really recommend going online and looking at the the changes because it it is a major upgrade, at least for Mass Effect One, and I cannot wait. You know what's cool is we don't know about a lot of games after like May, June ish, you know? Yeah. But there are some good games coming out the first five, six months, four, four to five months of this year. I don't worry. Yeah. We're gonna talk about some of them for my topic. Don't worry about it. Oh. Are we got a topic? I got a or not George, a topic. Fire it. Let's go here, buddy. Go. All right. All right. Um, so I did a lot of research. And when I say I did a lot of research, I mean, I went to gamesradar.com and I looked at their video game release date tab. Um, That's so go to it's the first week of the month. It is February 2nd. So I'm actually I just want to like briefly go through what's coming out in February. And I figured like it's gonna be a recurring things like the first of the month of or first episode of March. We could talk about what's coming out of March and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but first, really up, good idea. First up, February 2nd, actually a bunch of stuff came out. Apex Legends Season 8 Mayhem, Control Ultimate Edition, Cultist Simulator Initiate Edition. <laughs> That's coming to Switch. Uh, Destruction All-Stars, Luciform, Valheim, and then February 4th, Odysseus Cosmos and his Robot Quest. Um, oh. I'm n- Interesting. I think these are like the only real PlayStation five games that come out this month are uh control <laughs> ultimate edition and destruction all stars. Uh, anything so, from that, anything from that week jump out at you guys. 
So you said up to week to February 4th, right? Um, yes. Okay. One game that's not on that list that I'm already pre-ordered is Blue Fire. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Talk to me about Blue Fire. I, I, know you're really ex- I know you're really excited. Or I know the Frame Skip Twitter account is very excited about Blue Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, heard he, I heard it's excited. Yes. So remember, it, we were watching that... Uh, the Indie Direct. It came out on one of the Indie Directs last year uh, in right. the summer, I think. So we were going to try and get them on. We had communication with them, and um, they just weren't able to get on because of uh, the crunch or whatever. So um, I don't know. You, you're, you're running walls, so it kind of looks feels like Jedi Fallen Order slash uh, Assassin's Creed. But they're saying it's like a mixture of like you know, like Mario 3D World and maybe like, um, you know, a Zelda game, a, a 3D Zelda game. So it'll right. be interesting to see um, how it plays. But it comes out on Thursday. So I thought that was odd that it wasn't Friday. But because usually games on uh, the yeah. Switch come out on Friday. But this one comes out Thursday. So I pre-ordered it. It's installed, ready to go. Awesome. Yes. All right. uh, next little section of games. Uh, this one werewolf the apocalypse earthblood that comes out february 4th february 5th i think it's a slash mark on my on my web page but um man my buddy fabio who's been on this podcast before like with elijah and i to talk about playstation 5 mm-hmm. he is beyond excited for that game he is legitimately really really excited what for is it. this it is like an open world rpg where you're playing as a werewolf and i think there's a big anti-capitalist message and if you've seen fabio oh. you, you would know that that would just that's just right up his alley um <laughs> so that's a big one he's excited for i need to do more research because i am trying to play games outside of my comfort level um kinetic edge comes to pc february 5th neo remastered the complete edition comes out february 5th yeah which um that was team ninja right Yes. Okay. There's two very similar sounding development studios, but that was Team Ninja. Yes. That was like their take on a Souls like. I I really want to not when it comes out, obviously, because I just bought Demon Souls. Um, but at some point, I do want to pick this up because I never played Neo before, and I've heard from a lot of people that it's actually like really, really good. Both of them. Um, so, and it's you know it's Japanese kind of style, and I've heard the combats kind of unique compared to typical souls games so at some point i do want to pick this up yeah um also if you have those games on playstation 4 and you have a playstation 5 those are free upgrades uh let's see after that we've got uh re-zero starting life in another world the prophecy of the throne i've never heard of that before uh mm. ampersat comes february 6 scarlet hood in the wicked wood <laughs> <laughs> okay uh february 10th to pc <clears throat> uh death crown comes to playstation 4 xbox one switch february 11th little nightmares 2 comes to the all platforms that looks like february 11th gal gun returns comes february 12th so we'll ask elijah how that was probably <laughs> um that's like an anime yeah. game with pretty girls right did any of you guys yeah. play little nightmares the first not, one no but i've heard I vaguely remember that game. I didn't play yeah, it though. I, I remember it. I already got it was pretty good good reviews. Yeah. From what I remember. Well that company's owned by Microsoft now, right? I feel what? like they were what one company? of like the, the five people they acquired, like that one big E3. Um 
Honestly, I don't really know. And if so, that, that would make that a Game Pass game. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, then we got Rover Wars for Xbox One. That looks like a semi-exclusive. And then the middle of the month, February 12th, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Coach, have you pre-ordered this yet? Usually, like Nintendo games like that, I don't pre-order because I just go because they're never going to get more. Like they're never going to get cheaper anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but and the reason why is Switch games at Walmart are ten dollars off, so fifty bucks. So I'm just going to pick it up at uh, sure Walmart. I do have that one pre-ordered, and I cannot wait. Let's see, February seventeenth, thirty uh, XX comes out, which I believe is a sequel to one of my favorite games. Uh, called 20XX, which is just what like... What is it about? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was actually awesome. I think I'm... Did you go to that uh, PAX East? Oh, it's like the... Uh, it 2014? Yeah. The yeah. Mega that's, Man. That's, like that's where I met. Yeah, it is a uh, a roguelike starring like in, in like a Mega Man-like world where every time you drop in, it's just a completely different layout and it's up to you to get all these like little pieces you need to upgrade your character. Uh, it's one of the hardest games I've ever played. I was never good at Mega Man, but there was something about this that I just found really charming. And it was, uh, yeah, the, the packs where I met Austin and Seth and, and Elijah. What year was that? Uh, tw- that was when we were there. 2014. Yeah. I don't, George, I don't know if we met. Did we meet? I liked, Did- I know for a fact I took at least Seth and Elijah to a Jimmy John's. Cause I, I think you met Seth and Elijah, but I don't think we actually met. Is it because you were too young to actually like legally cross state lines? Yeah, I was seven. Because <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> we all went to that one in uh, 2014. Yeah, you, you were there too, coach. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we were like all there. Wow. But that also like back when I was on my other game podcast, uh, press press start to play. Uh, yeah, Ray showed up and. And Rohan showed up. We got everyone except Taryn. Um, when did you guys have time to... Because we, we were all together, weren't we? Honestly, I don't really know. The only one that would be by himself sometimes was Elijah because he had his friend uh, Chris, right? Yeah. we. Were, I think we were together for the most part. At least yeah. me, you, and... Bl- Seth. Seth and Blake, yeah. Block Anyway. <laughs> Balake. Yes. All right. All right we got to get that dude on. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt talking about Balake. Um, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the last chunk of games uh, King of Seas, February 18th, Ultimate Adam, Caverns of Chaos, uh, Persona 5 Strikers. Yeah. What is that game? Is that the rhythm game or is that a soccer game? No, that's the, um, the Muso. That's the one that's like oh, Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you grabbing that eventually? Probably not right away, but I, I'm definitely going to eventually, yes. Right. I'm interested in it because I just, I love the, the videos that uh, Joker is in. I think he looks freaking cool, so. Oh, yeah. The art design for that game is brilliant. Yeah. After that, we've got Rogue Heroes, Ruins of Tassos, Code Realize, Wintertide Miracles. Uh, a game I'm actually really excited oh, for, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Bless you, your soul. You excited, Coach? I mean, yes and no, because it is old school, but that, that was hard, dude. That's just hard. Yeah. 
It, it looks so pretty. I love the new art style for it. It just looks gorgeous. So I'm excited. I've seen a few people complaining about it, but I think it looks good too. I don't really know what the, the problem yeah, is. I, never, I, I never have an issue with how it looks. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to check it out. Um, after that, Hellpoint, which is a game I've never heard of, but it looks like a Switch semi-exclusive. And then okay. Bravely Default 2 to close the month out, February 26th. Did you guys mm. play the first Bravely Default? I never did. Um, I always wanted to. I've heard it's pretty similar to like old school Final Fantasy. So very. Yeah, it felt like Final Fantasy five. Um, well, oh, wow. Yeah. I guess from what I've read, Final Fantasy, the Heroes of Light, that was like the the uh, precursor to the to Bravely Default. But I don't know because I haven't played. I have it, but I just haven't played it. That would make sense because that game was balls hard. That game was so hard. <laughs> um, and like the art style, I think, yeah, it looks a little bit more like that. Like it's it's not quite chibi, but it's also not mm-hmm. entirely not chibi. Um, right. Bravely, Bravely Default, I thought was really good. That was like the first like JRPG I got my my teeth really sunk into. Um, Are you interested in the new one? In Bravely Default 2? I haven't played Bravely mm-hmm. Second. Uh, okay. So I, I kind of fell off the series. So I, I'd probably just knowing like how JRPGs work. I don't know if I need yeah. to watch a video on like what actually happened in Bravely Default because I haven't played that game in like seven years, six years. My understanding is that they're all kind of like Final Fantasy is where they're separate okay. stories. But I would look into that first. Yeah, sure. I, I certainly don't know. But that's just what I've heard. Um, that's the only reason why I'm somewhat interested because I've never played any of them. But. Um, if that is actually the case, then I I probably will pick this one up at some point. Uh, I'll be tempted, just not full price. Um, right, right. But, but yeah, that wraps up February. Uh, we'll be back in March to talk about the big games coming out in March. So, yeah, George, like, let me like, ask you this. Oh, yeah, please. What games do you see yourself purchasing for this month? I don't see myself purchasing any of these games, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I, w- I, I pre-ordered uh, Destruction All-Stars, but that was canceled when it became a PlayStation Plus game. Um, I'm excited to check out Control, but that's another PlayStation Plus yeah. game this month. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is the most tempting because I think that game is phenomenal. Like, I think that's just like an incredibly special Mario game. Yep. Um, so that's the, yeah, that's the most tempting one, but realistically, probably just Ghosts and Goblins at the end of the month. Well, if you do get Ghost and Goblins, let me know, and then I'll get it, and then we could play and and talk about it or whatever. A little book club, hell yeah! Have a therapy session when you cry. Good lord, <laughs> we beat the game, but we didn't beat the game. <laughs> yeah. No, I as far as those games, I think the one I'm most interested in, um, aside from Control, just because I already own it, uh, is Destruction All Stars. I, I haven't played it yet. It's on my PS5 right now, and I'm probably going to play it after we're done. Mm-hmm. recording but um you know it's like a ps5 exclusive game i forget what team made it but i know it's i'm pretty sure it's a sony owned team if i'm not mistaken um it was originally going to be a ps5 launch game and then they pushed it back which i think was a good idea because now they've got something that um is kind of in this you know weird time for games where you know i think more people would potentially play it mm-hmm. but it looks good the gameplay looks pretty good it's kind of like a destruction derby type game and looks super fluid and really pretty on ps5 but i'm looking forward to playing that one yeah looking at them uh they 
pretty much were a port studio, it looks like. Like, they brought Goat Simulator really? to consoles. Um, looks like they did Geometry Wars 3. It was, like, a big one they did on their own. Oh, so maybe they're not Sony-owned. Uh, it doesn't That's look like it. And then they co-developed Need for Speed Payback with Ghost Games. Huh. And then, yeah, like, I just not, not a lot of this looks okay. familiar. That's interesting. For some reason, I was thinking I it was, like, devs that had worked on wipeout or something like that but maybe i'm completely wrong i don't know uh kind of sort of it's it's s x bizarre creations employees uh so it it is in liverpool but like it it looks like it's like their first big one and bizarre creations they're the ones i think who did like blur was like their last big oh yeah blur wow and uh that's a throwback and they also they did uh project gotham racing that was their series Mm, um yeah Huh. Well, so I mean, like super like talented people, like if they pulled this right. studio in into the next one, um, we've all played game dev story on iOS. We know you have to do a lot of port jobs in the beginning. We, we, we know that we've <laughs> all been there. Right. Yep. So coach, is there anything you wanted to talk about? You have any? No, but I just wanted, I, I've been doing a little bit of research the last yeah. couple of days. Um, have you guys played? the dark forces slash Jedi Knight series. Have you played any of the games? Yes, I played a little bit of dark forces one or whatever it is. I I think there's a few, right? Yes, there's four. Okay. So I've only played a little bit of the first one and it was on the PlayStation one. So it was like kind of not the place to play it, but it wasn't it wasn't the worst on PlayStation One, but yeah. No, it wasn't it, awful. It was definitely a, a PC game at the time. Right. Um Yeah, I played that PlayStation One version <clears throat> and I've played uh a little bit of two and three. Cause like they actually remastered them kind of recently and like re released them on current really? consoles. Um I didn't know that. And so yeah, the they, one, I can't they tell the difference between them, but like the one I played more is like the one where you're like flying to Yavin in the beginning. And then, like, stormtroopers are there, and you have to, like, protect the Jedi temple there. Um, but it's super fun. I like that you can, like, go back and forth between a lightsaber and a blaster. Um, huh. And the cool thing is there's screenshots, but you remember in um, the last half of the um, this season two of Mandalorian when we see Moff Gideon and the, um, the was it the dark troopers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That's where that originated from was that game. The first one was but they actually they weren't machine. I guess they were actually uh, clones or something like that. But, it was like an right. Iron Man suit because like I remember having that figure and that was like the first like EU figure I ever owned. I'm like, what the hell is this guy's story? Like, yeah, there was three phases of it, too. So I don't I was thinking about maybe getting into it at some point um, cuz they I I've always wanted to play the the first one you know because it looks and feels like Doom you yeah. know Doom 1 and 2 it looks and feels like Doom 1 and 2 and it's not that long it's about 8 9 hours I think it is so um but there right. it there is a uh, remaster like a it was a mod but I can't get it to work cuz it cleans it up a lot so but uh but yeah I just want to know if you guys played any of the games in the series because i did pick up the two it's uh jedi knight 2 jedi outcast and jedi knight jedi academy okay those re- yeah those are the ones that re-released uh last year 
those play really well on new consoles. Like everything bad about it is just like aesthetic choices made at the time the game was designed, but like everything runs great on mm-hmm. PlayStation four. And I just grabbed Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Uh, they were just mm-hmm. on sale recently. They might still be on sale. I think PlayStation network has like a, a retro and remaster sale yeah, going on. They do. So you might be able to grab those for like 10 bucks, at least on PlayStation, but they're also available on switch. Uh, they're mm-hmm. available on Xbox one. Yeah. So they're, I picked up the physical copies on through limited run. Nice. Are those still available? No. (laughs) Yeah. Right. How much will you sell them for? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that about does it then. So we'll just keep it at an hour this week, unless anyone has anything else to talk about, but I think that should do it. So, um, we'll wrap it up, but as always, Thank you all for listening. We're obviously available on basically everything podcast wise. I mean, you can find us probably uh, under some rock. Honestly, you can find us anywhere. So we're out there. Um, If you're listening on a platform where you can leave a review for the show, please do so. It really does help. Um, It helps us get out there and get more exposure for the show. So please leave a review if you can. I know obviously the big one is Apple Podcasts, but I believe a few other platforms you can you can leave reviews on if you want to send in a question for the show we didn't have any this week but you can fill out our question form at bit.ly slash frame skip q that's bit.ly slash frame skip q you can also email your questions to us at frameskippodcast at gmail.com or find us on our social media pages and send in questions that way our twitter and instagram are both at Pod and our Facebook is facebook.com slash Pod. You can follow each of us individually on Twitter. George is at GB Loftus. Coach is at Pod. <laughs> Just going to, you know, keep making that one awkward every week. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Elijah's at Loco Lizard Man. Seth is at Seth S. Taylor. And I am at Austin J. Eller. So that should do it for this week, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about George's special purchase and Can't wait. Something, something he's played on it. So Coach better be back. I will. For that one. I will. Better be back. No matter how big of a book I have to write, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> no matter if you have to work or not, you better be here. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye.